favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Welcome back to Special Presentation with Mike and Ethan, or... Elf will not be seen tonight. Oh, you know, do you remember what it was like before 2016? There were concerts in the park. People seemed to laugh more then. And until and there's just been this pall over the world for so long, and it's starting to finally lift because it's after January 20th, 2020 now. Oh my God. What a relief. So in theory, we should have a new president right now. Or if... we might have a new dictator for life. We don't know. Yeah. In which case, all hail Grand, grand, well, grand Vizier Trump. Grand Vizier? Oh man, does he... Does, is, is he the uh, advisor to a sultan now? I, you're right. I guess that would be a demotion, actually. I couldn't, <laughs> sultan <would> you... <laughs> McConnell. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I guess he would. He would be uh, all, 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 all hail, all hail our glorious leader Trump, whom we love and support yes. in all things. May his may his reign be fruitful and yeah, that stuff. Uh, anyway, the history books oh. tell us that President Trump does not defecate, and he invented the cheeseburger. Damn. Well, really? Well, now knowing that, <laughs> if I'd known that before, I would have actually voted for him. Because that, no, that we definitely... did vote for him. Wink. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. We're doing like a Rococo's Basilisk type thing right here. It seems <laughs> a Rococo's Basilisk. Like, ah, oh, don't look at that Basilisk. It's so ornate. Yeah, it'll blind you with luxury. <laughs> and, you know, I I prefer um. God, you know, it's so old fashioned. I believe what, what I prefer is a more a Rocco's modern basilisk. <laughs> anyway, but um, uh, but but we are actually this week talking about something that is a, a special that is mu much like our our is appropriate because we just finished. Well, we didn't finish. I guess we're still in the midst of a long national nightmare that will yes. probably continue as long as America does, but. We feel like we've turned some sort of corner on this nightmare. Yeah. So now it's no longer it's no longer a nightmare. It's more of a a a night terror, I guess. Or <laughs> a night no, that'd full. be worse. A night a night full. Thank you. There we go. A night cult. Yes. So um, because the the special we're looking at today is what a nightmare, Charlie Brown. Now it is not Charlie Brown who has the nightmare. It is Snoopy who has the nightmare. That's right. So, so theoretically, Snoopy is the one saying the title to Charlie Brown, or perhaps an omniscient third party is saying it about Snoopy to Charlie Brown. We don't know. It's never clear. But what is clear well, for, is it's mm -hmm. for Christmas. I received a copy of uh, of all of the Peanuts strips from the fifties, sixties, and seventies. 
and I've been working my way through that, and I've discovered something very interesting about Snoopy. Mm-hmm. Charlie Brown can absolutely understand him. And really? Yeah, it's not like Garfield where John just kind of has to go by context clues. Snoopy will think something at him, and Charlie Brown will go, good grief. And then in the next strip, Charlie Brown will be explaining what Snoopy said to him to another party. Huh. So Okay. So it could indeed be Snoopy saying this. So I learned something about Snoopy tonight. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, nobody actually said Flash Beagle (coughs) to Charlie Brown, but he sat up saying Flash Beagle. Good grief. So, yeah. You know, Charlie Brown, this also continues the, um, the tradition of Snoopy being an incredible dog. They can do incredible things. It's Charlie Brown being just having no, no, um, appreciation for that yeah it's not that charlie brown can't understand snoopy it's that he selectively ignores snoopy's ability to do things beyond dogness it's that you know whenever snoopy is like i want to do something beyond what real dogs do charlie brown just shuts his shuts his eyes and is like uh, no you are my dog you will do dog things yeah charlie it's like char Snoopy, it's like uh, Snoopy's trying to open his third eye, but Charlie Brown refuses to be enlightened. <laughs> it's a, a, appropriate for this uh, podcast, actually. But yeah, because <laughs> we are we've, we were talking about it earlier on the uh, advent calendar, but uh, Mike found a lot to identify with in this story about a nightmare. Yes, um, I just recently had a nightmare of my own, um, which um I guess should I should I should I relate it? It'll take a couple minutes, but I mean, I guess this is a pretty short special, so we'll it is a pretty split. short special. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, let's yeah tell us you know give us the short version if there is a short version, okay, and then we so, can talk about how it relates to things that happen in the special. All right, so this is this is what a nightmare. I guess the, the title of this special would be what a nightmare, Ethan, because it would be me telling you about it. <laughs> Uh, so basically, uh, uh, what happened was, uh, oh, and by the way, just, just in case any, any, uh, uh, federal, uh, law enforcement type people are listening to this podcast like that, uh, our usual, usual shout out to our FBI, um, listener. Um, Hi, Fibby. How are you doing? Yeah. How was your Christmas? <laughs> This is, of course, this story is uh, is entirely fictional, just for entertainment purposes. You know, just just do just a, an interesting um, gedunk experiment. Um, but 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 you know what what happened was if a person you know possibly such as myself were to you know undertake a vision quest by uh, theoretically ingesting a uh, cannabis brownie and then thinking this brownie isn't doing shit. I should definitely eat a second one and then doing that. Um, then, then this following thing might've happened after that, which would be that I would have uh, a, a, what starts out as a normal mellow high, which many, some listeners uh, may be familiar with. Um, which then started getting kind of strange when I realized that I could turn into any cartoon character and ask the internet for help in deciding which cartoon to turn into. They chose Goku and I became Goku. Uh, Were you a child or adult Goku? I was adult Goku. Okay. So you couldn't turn into a monkey. 
No, I, I, um, mo mostly I remember that my power level was very high. <laughs> uh, that was the main thing. Cause that, uh, cause I've never actually watched Dragon Ball Z. So my, <laughs> my knowledge of what Goku does is pretty limited. Um, but, uh, so that was going on. I think I was also t speaking in the discord where you and some of our mutual friends are. So, um, I don't know if I was making a lot of sense at that point, but, um, I started to realize about then that the high was getting a little too intense. You know, it was a little too much. Not what I was actually expecting. Because I, in these pot brownies, which had been made apparently with a one milliliter of THC goo, which is apparently too much. Uh, so then I realized that time was speeding up. And I was living a million lifetimes. And I aged until I looked like the Crypt Keeper. And then the that my house became a submarine at the very bottom of the ocean and all the darkness outside was just tons and tons of inky black water pressing down upon the submarine and the only thing preventing it from crushing the submarine was my sheer force of will so i had to sit there concentrating really hard uh meanwhile reality started to shudder and i felt like my 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 spirit was trying to leave my body so uh, during all this, I thought, oh, th this doesn't seem to be going too well. This seems to be going to a bad trip. But um, so I'll just have to like kind of concentrate and, and get through it. And um, and, and I kind of just sat here concentrating really hard and um, eventually fell asleep. And when I woke up, I was in my office chair and I thought, oh, good, that 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 unpleasant experience is over. Surely now I can just go to sleep and everything will be normal and fine. But it turns out that did not happen because I went to bed and I was struck with every different kind of sleep paralysis that I that you can have. Um, I didn't know there were that many kinds. Well, you know, when I've heard sleep paralysis uh, ex expl like described, it's usually people talk about... Um, I, I guess there are different ways you can interpret the experience. And over the course of the night, I, I variously interpreted it in different ways. So I had mul multiple experiences. Because I think usually when you have sleep paralysis, when I've had it before, it has not been this intense or this long lasting. It's usually been, you know, once you wake up, it kind of puts an end to it. But apparently because I had uh, somehow messed up my sleep cycle, um, I read, I read, and I don't know how how relevant this is. That certain people do have a genetic mutation where they will hallucinate on on weed, and mm. that mutation is related to the uh, gene that controls REM sleep, which may explain why everything went so bonkers. Because you're a over, mutant. Yeah, I've got. I'm like an X Men. Woo! Um, but yeah, no, I, I, um, your, your X-Men name is bad trip. <laughs> yeah. And just imagine that like, um, Ro uh, Rob Liefeld and, uh, Todd McFarlane are drawing and Stanley is like, okay, I want you to come up with a mutant and he's going to be called bad trip. And then afterwards they're going to fight about who owns him. So Todd McFarlane is going to be like, okay, I have my own version. His name is bad drip. <laughs> And then Neil Gaiman is going to sue him and get uh, custody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, comic books—they're extremely stupid. Is what we we're <laughs> we we're trying to communicate to y'all. Um, but anyway, so what what happened was 
because uh, usually if you have sleep paralysis, my understanding and, and the way it's been for me is once you wake up, you're kind of out of it. I mean, that's the it. it. But this sleep paralysis continued to happen even when I was awake. Um, I, so I was still in some sort of weird dream state even when I felt when I was conscious and aware of what was going on. And um, so it was very, very strange. Um, but mostly what happened is it starts out like I felt a weight upon me. Like a lot of people describe, you know, the, the painting of like the nightmare where it's like someone with like a mm. little imp sitting on their chest. Oh, yeah. I would never want that to happen to me. I'd be like, oh, God, chest pressure, heart attack. Help. Yeah. Well, the thing is that that happened. But what they the, they don't that painting implies you just feel something on your chest when instead you actually feel that because your whole body is paralyzed. So you don't like flail around in your sleep. Right. And injure yourself. Mm -hmm. So you feel that on your whole body. So from my toes to my forehead, I just felt this weight lying on top of me. So it literally felt like not only was something sitting on my chest, but it was just lying on top of me, its face on my face, its lips on my lips. Very <laughs> unnerving. So oh. I was kind of, yeah, I was like kind of, it was weird because when this happened, I was like, oh, well, this is clearly sleep paralysis. I, I know what this is. I've read about it. I've, you know, experienced it to some degree before. Never quite like this. So it's, so I was, and when you're also like high and in a sleep state, a dream state, it, it makes your, you know, you're, you're a little frazzled. So actually that's so kind that, of fascinating because just, it's sort of like how, you know, you sleep on your arm and you wake up and your arm is numb and you feel your hand and it feels like somebody else's. So it was like you had somebody else's skin lying on top of you. Yeah, actually that's a good way to describe it. And, um, and, and speaking of arms, there is a little bit about that too, because what, what happened is, um, I started, well, before I get to the arm thing, I started kind of trying to, to, to squirm, to get away from this weight that was on top of me. And I felt like as I was moving, I kind of had this feeling, not only something on top of me, but the way I was moving my arms and legs is like, oh, this looks like how a horse would gallop. And I had this, and I suddenly remembered you know, I had read lots of um, old because uh, I'm interested in witchcraft and and, um, you know, uh, the witch hunts a lot. Yeah, of, you even wrote about it. That's true. I did write a whole book about it. Uh, check your local bookstores. Oh, wait, it's not out. I believe it's not in print anymore. So don't bother. Well, then check <laughs> um, your local library. But you don't have to yeah. take my word for it. Did it. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> So I, I remembered a lot of these old witchcraft uh, people talking about these experiences where they described having been ridden by a witch to a witch's Sabbath as if they were a horse. And I always thought like, oh, that's obviously they're describing a sleep paralysis incident. But I but what happened? But usually when you read about people describing sleep paralysis or actually describing what they call sleep paralysis, it's usually modern people who usually describe it in terms of alien abduction or shadow people. So there are not a lot mm. of people nowadays who seem to describe it in terms of a witch's Sabbath. But since I had, you know, that bit of knowledge, that was a hallucination that came to my mind. And instantly I felt as if I was just running over like hills and valleys and forests. Um, and, and suddenly I was in this big cave and there was a big bonfire in the middle of it. There were a lot of people around and I was just kind of bouncing off the walls. Um, 
Yeah, and, and there was a sensation of great heat, you know, so I knew there was a fire. It was very weird. And then suddenly I was doing the thing, just running back over hills and fields and back in my bed. And I was like, okay, that was, that was kind of weird. <laughs> um, and then I suddenly, once again, uh, I felt that weight again, right? And I'm again kind of moving to try and get out from under it. And suddenly I realized the way I'm moving looks kind of, looks kind of sexual, and I suddenly was like, oh, this is supposed to be when people talk about like having an incubus, you know, attack them at night. This is what they're describing. Right. And of course, yeah. as soon as I thought that, oh, it, it my brain is like, that is exactly what's happening, which was weird because logically I knew that wasn't happening. But at the same time, because I was in a dream state, I was I was entirely convinced that it was it was bizarre. Um and at this point, I actually did move my arm to kind of uh, adjust myself. And um, for some reason, even though I knew I had moved my arm, you know, my brain, I had willed my arm to move. When my arm moved, there was some sort of disconnect and it did not seem like it was my arm. It literally felt like an alien arm moving. It was, and that was kind of, that was again, kind of frightening when that happened. That was like, cause I, I was, you know, all this stuff happening at once. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, it, feel, it feels like you've you're having everything that happened in the man who mistook his wife for a hat happening to you at once. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it was just a lot of a lot of weird stuff because you know I again when you're in a sleep state, who knows? Usually we're asleep, so we don't know what happens to us. But um, <laughs> so that happened. Uh, it was funny because my wife woke up. She was very annoyed because she had work the next day, so she was all like. So she was like, should I turn you on your side? Will that be better? And I was like, yeah, maybe. And so she just like flipped me over. And it was weird because um, it was because I still felt like the weight and everything and the incubus. So instead of like just like fucking it missionary style, now I was being spooned by it. So it was <laughs> it was kind of like it was it was weird. I was like, oh, OK. I mean, it was in a, in, in a sense it was better because it was so ridiculous that it was like, OK, well, it's. This takes a little bit of the fear away since, you know, this is going. Um, but then, uh, so there was that. I, um, at one point, thought there were aliens in the room scanning me with lasers. I thought there were shadow people at one point. I uh, mm. thought there were, like, you know, demons in the room. Uh, all sorts of things were going on. Uh, so so it was a very restless night. And then when the night was over I and 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 the sun was creeping through the windows, I thought, oh, I made it. It's all over. But um, apparently it was not because um, I was still under, I, I don't know, like um, I have heard that like, uh, you know, the influence of, of pot can last up to 24 hours. And since I had taken apparently such a uh, absurd dose, I was still feeling a lot of it. So when my cat came and sat next to me, I just thought, oh, cats can tell when you're going to die. I am dying now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was, uh, and then whenever I, whenever I got up, uh, I was having weird kind of time skips. So I was going to the bathroom to pee and I was afraid that I was peeing too much and getting dehydrated. I was also <laughs> drinking water. But I wasn't sure how much water I was drinking because of these time skips. So I could only figure like, well, I'm probably drinking enough water because my pee is clear. So I think I'm okay, but maybe I'm drinking too much water. 
Oh no, maybe that'll give me heat stroke. Well, that won't give me heat stroke because heat stroke <laughs> isn't from water. That's from being too hot and I'm not hot and I don't have any of the symptoms of heat stroke. But then as soon as I thought that, I got the symptoms of heat stroke and I got very clammy and started feeling faint and my vision started to fade out. And I just thought, oh, I'm dying now. This is death. And for a moment, I considered barging into the next room where my wife was on a Zoom call with her workplace <laughs> and telling her I'm dying from 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 the weed call 911 <laughs> which would be a good thing for her entire workplace to hear and um then I thought she might be mad if I do that so I should probably just die <laughs> and so um so I just I I waited to for so my vision was going out and I was waiting for death to take me away but then at the very last second I thought maybe I sh maybe I don't want to die so I started resisting and concentrating really hard to make my vision return and then I think I fainted cuz I was next thing I knew I was waking up in bed so I was like oh okay um but anyway for the next 2 days I was extremely paranoid um kind of weirdly depressed and also thought my cat was plotting against me so um in all in all, uh, I would say it was it would be what a nightmare, uh, Ethan. <laughs> so, just to reiterate, this was the short version. Now, yes. the important thing is, were the brownies any good? The brownies tasted like normal. Actually, yeah, they were. They were pretty normal brownies. I didn't even taste anything in them. Because I never understood if marijuana brownies are actually chocolate or if you're using the marijuana as the flavoring agent. Um, they. They don't taste as good as regular brownies because regular mm. brownies just taste like chocolate. These, the marrow, you can taste the, the marijuana. I mean, you can taste the pot, so they're a little bit like bitter, but they they aren't as bad as, um, well, as just plain mo most other marijuana type things because the, the chocolate taste does cut it a little bit. Unfortunately, it also mm. makes it easier to like overdose because you're like, oh, it just tastes like a delicious brownie. <laughs> Yeah, this is this is something this is all entirely new to me because I've never done any kind of drugs because I was afraid of exactly what happened to you. So <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get started anytime soon. Well, it is funny because whenever I describe this, like, oh, yeah, this, this people are like that's not really something that usually happens on pot. This does sound like something like that happens in like a, a 1980s cartoon trying to scare you about pot. <laughs> we call this trip of terror to fly a giant bird. <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna like uh, I'm gonna take some of this pot and then uh, with the girls to hang out at the Starlight House and my guitar is gonna turn into a giant pterodactyl just like in Gem, a very special episode tie, of Gem. Tie a towel around your neck and jump out of the window. Yeah, <laughs> man. Um, also during this whole thing, like a, a weird smoke ghost voiced by George F. Scott was talking to me. It was, <laughs> George C. Scott, sorry. Uh, whatever. That guy, you know. Have another brownie. Who's gonna know? <laughs> but uh, so, it was definitely an experience. It was quite an experience. And well, sorry for anyone who was really excited about Charlie Brown. But you know what? This was this is something that Mike has been repeatedly getting off Mike's chest for a while. So it's important <laughs> that we 
but it's also important that you have it, you know, written down so you don't forget. So I've, yeah, I've at this point, I believe I've told the story like about eight times because, and also like uh, recorded in every possible medium that I have access to. Because <laughs> I just, oh, uh, I just like have attention. Have you done a deep cuts about it? Not yet, but I am working on one actually. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking, I, I am. I am imagining, you know, something with kind of reading rainbow esque dissolves into the various uh, scenes. This is going to be good. Hopefully, it'll. Um, we'll we'll have some uh, recreation. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how how much I can do with my limited special effects budget of zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> well, that was that was how I made a game of mush, and uh, seems to work out pretty well. So that was good, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I think say, you can do. I think you can do the same. Oh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'll I'll do it, and then I'll be like, uh, um, uh, yeah. And then I'll be like, uh, this counts. This counts for the Vog Leech's next contest. <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I think maybe you actually have to like come up with an actual like story that's creative rather than just repeating something that actually happened. Well, he was uh, accepting. Uh, he was accepting video entries, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought the game of mush was was an entry, wasn't it? Well, it was a it was text first, then it was video. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. Okay, so the text version was the one that you submitted for the contest. Yes, uh, the video version. I mean, you can't submit the same thing twice. So. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, if you um, make a video version of Chip and Dale. Oh. Uh uh, that I, might not work as well in a video format though because it's no. it's more of a more more of a personal anecdote <laughs> but then so was this so hey yeah yeah well we'll see uh but in any case uh this is all setting up the um the stage for what a nightmare charlie brown because this yes. as well involves a nightmare um, yes, a nightmare that never seems to end. Snoopy sleeps and wakes multiple times during his nightmare. Have you ever had a dream where you went to sleep? I have. Oh, God, I've had the dream where I wake up in the dream, but I don't actually wake up. But I've never gone to sleep in a dream. Yeah, the, the, Snoopy went through about a week during this one night. It's like he's got a. It's it's got to be kind of refreshing to wake up a week younger than you were when you last knew anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say this is becoming like that uh, that long dream story by Junji Ito, <laughs> <laughs> where the guy's like, I I in my dream like a million years past, but uh, and I was a sl I was a Klondike sled dog the whole time. <laughs> I evolved to a higher form of Klondike sled dog. Um, that kind of does happen in this actually uh, because. Snoopy's bad dream is that he is a Klondike sled dog. Yes, and this this bad dream was brought upon by Charlie Brown, who we first see in this special, which we are finally launching into, <laughs> at uh, coming out on a snowy day with his with his sled, and then he sees Snoopy trudging along, and he gets he seems to get the idea that hey, we should. I should use him as my sled dog. So he comes up to Snoopy all dum de dum de dum de dum, <laughs> and you know never trust anyone who comes up behind you going dum de dum de dum de dum. Yeah, for real. And Snoopy is having none of it because he regards Charlie Brown as you know an equal, if not an inferior. So 
but he does manage to act like he doesn't know what he's doing long enough to get Charlie Brown to hook himself up to it and be like, here, like this, which is when <laughs> Snoopy, which is when Snoopy produces a whip and starts being like, yeah, yeah, and makes Charlie Brown ch- take him all around the neighborhood wearing himself out. <laughs> Yeah, well, good on Snoopy because Charlie Brown is an asshole in this one. Um, yeah. I'm I'm usually not a fan of Snoopy. I think Snoopy kind of has a bad attitude. Um, you know, I think Snoopy usually kind of kind of an ungrateful jerk. But in this one, I mean, what is Charlie Charlie Brown is wants Snoopy to be a sled dog? It's like, come on, he's a he's a beagle. Yeah, what, what are you Beagles doing? That big. <laughs> yeah, and it's also that thing like, oh, come on, Snoopy, pull the sled. It'll be fun. And it's like. Fuck off, Charlie Brown. What are you trying to pull here? Yeah. He's like, this um, is what you did for our ancestors, the wolves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think everyone is entirely on Snoopy's side when Snoopy starts whipping Charlie Brown. It's like, well, Charlie Brown, this is what you wanted Snoopy. To, this is, how does it feel, huh? How does it feel? So. Yeah, now he's going to make you chase rabbits. Yeah. You and uh, Frida. Charlie one. Brown. Um, so he's, so he pulls Snoopy around a little bit. And, um, and then I think Snoopy, what, what, like eats pizza or something. Yeah. Snoopy goes inside the house. Now, usually we see Snoopy being dependent on Charlie Brown to bring him his, uh, canned dog food, but Snoopy goes inside and quickly makes six pizzas. And this is like, and I think there's actually a recipe for pizza dough printed on the flower bag, which is pretty impressive. Oh, but, well, that's handy. Yes. And meanwhile, there's this. This song is going that's just like, uh, you're all on your bone. You know what to do. I kept hearing a McDonald's commercial about to break up. (laughs) It's just like, overly civilized, underly dogified. Good time for the great taste. McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, I can can hear it too now that you mention it. Yeah, that's a, that song is, it, it's a very Peanuts special type kind of song, if you know what yeah. I mean. It's the light always, motif. Yeah, they, they they always have kind of music very much like that in, in Peanuts specials. Uh, yes, yeah, so this is this is a post, uh, uh, what's his name, the, the, the Vince Guaraldi era. Because oh, they used is... to always have the, the Vince Guaraldi trio, but this one has Ed Bogus and Desiree Goyette, who do all the Garfield ones, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a Phil Roman thing i think isn't it yes it is okay a phil roman joint you might yes. say also it's from 1978 so this was the year garfield came out as a uh, as a comic strip so that's why in a lot of ways this one feels more like a garfield story than a snoopy story yeah you got a point um it's there's a lot of gar like this sort of in fact didn't garfield actually have one where he had a dream that was all like oh now i appreciate Odie and john more well, or am I thinking of the um? Am I thinking of that? You know, Garfield is dead. A sequence of strips in the paper. Yeah, you're probably thinking of that. I don't think that there was a a special like that. And of course, you know, when Garfield has a nightmare, it's about uh, you know getting fat enough to eat the world for dessert. So oh, oh I don't know. If that's a nightmare. That sounds more like a pipe dream. Yeah, yeah. Especially, so... when, especially when Garfield's involved. I mean. <laughs> It was they was all like, "I'm sorry, John. I was so hungry. I ate the earth." So yeah, Snoopy makes himself six pizzas rapidly, and then sets a table for himself with a God. He's got 
a whole bunch of vegetables and salad, and he's got a milkshake. And, you know, this looks like a much more pleasant way to have a nightmare than two pot brownies. Yeah, I mean, he's, um, you know, he's having a whole, uh, he's having a whole um, Shakey's pizza party. Yeah, much. for himself. He doesn't even invite Charlie Brown to sit down. Well, I mean, considering Charlie Brown is there just buzz killing the whole time. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, in the Arctic, uh, dogs just oh, yeah. eat raw meat. It's like, fuck off, Charlie Brown. Yeah, What's your like, problem? You know, you know what things are like in the Arctic? Back in the Arctic, Arctic snow dogs is like, it's Brown's Arctic, Charlie Brown. Yeah, also, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Charlie Brown. So you're saying your dog is overly civilized. Whose fault is that? Yeah, <laughs> who is responsible for the the behavior, demeanor, and disposition of your dog? Could it be the person on um, whom this dog depends for everything? I mean, it's, it's I don't know what it's not like. Yeah, it's like I'm sorry, you can't just like raise a house dog and then like one day just decide, yeah, I want it to be a sled dog. Okay, it's like Charlie Brown is a poor pet owner, is what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so there is so, Char- but Snoopy eats. Yeah, that's too what Charlie Brown pizza. says. He yeah. says, "You're overly civilized. That's your problem. You're overly civilized." I'll say it again: You're overly civilized. Like he said, the light Repet- motif. <laughs> Repeti- yeah, repetition is my job. My job. <laughs> my job to be repetitious. Um, yeah, no, Charlie. Charlie Brown is like, "You're overly. That's your problem. Overly civilized." It's like I don't. I don't think that's a problem. It yeah, certainly that's... doesn't seem to be a problem for Snoopy. He seems to be fine with it, but okay, Charlie, whatever. Um, but anyway, so Snoopy goes back to bed and he starts to, he has a bad dream because he ate too much pizza. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever had a, had a nightmare from overeating of you. No, I think that's just something they tell you happens in cartoons, you know? Yeah. Because... It's, it's because nobody believes in the rare bit thing anymore. Yeah. So. Well, they can't actually show in cartoons like someone like, you know. Hey, wait a um, minute. Pizza is rarebit. Is it? What's rarebit? Yeah. Rarebit is melted cheese over bread or crackers. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you're right. It is. Huh. <laughs> it's a rarebit fiend episode. Too bad wow. Sno- too- Snoopy didn't wake up like, oh, oh, mm, it was the rarebit that did it. Woo! Wheel, I'm thirsty. Um. <laughs> oh, God. Thank God. <laughs> So, yeah, Snoopy falls asleep, and the next thing he knows, he's waking up on an ice version of his own doghouse and being whipped awake by his cruel uh, minor 69er, maybe, or maybe an Eskimo. I'm sorry, Inuit. But yeah, we never see this guy. We only see his shadow. Yes, Um... he only ever appears in shadow, and he's being viciously tied to this tied to the sled dog's uh, sled and the other dogs, they don't look anything like Snoopy. They don't look anything like anything Charles Schultz would draw. No. Um, they they look like badass huskies. Yeah, you can really you can really see the Bill Melendez uh, flavor in this one. And yeah, they are they they're not they're not wolves. They're definitely uh, domestic dogs, but they act like wolves to the point yeah. where they they when they take a break Oh, oh, well, let's not forget that the first thing that happens is everyone running and Snoopy, he can't even keep his footing. He's tumbling. He's being pulled along, 
know, over hill and dale. And when I was watching this, I was definitely thinking of you talking about being ridden. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, I, yeah, so Sleepy, sorry, Sleepy, <laughs> Snoopy, uh, his experience, he could be experiencing uh, sleep paralysis hallucinations in this. It does Yeesh. scan. Um, and, and he's, mm-hmm. and he's experiencing, uh, you know, shivering and, you know, he's having kind of, kind of heat stroke symptoms. That's too. true. I don't know yeah, how much I mentioned it, but I did experience uh, uh, fluctuations in temperature between hot and cold during this. So uh, Snoopy is also experiencing that. Wow. Actually, I think we might have cracked this open. Um, <laughs> Snoopy just, you know, it wasn't the pizza. He just ate two pop brownies. Yeah. You know, well, you know, who knows what's in all that, that root beer that he's always drinking, you know, <laughs> what kind of root is that? He's drinking, he's drinking like, oh, um, you know, um, Oh, I guess you don't eat pot roots, do you? Pot roots? I, I, it's, I don't it's know. It's a leaf, isn't it? It's the leaf. Yeah, I it's think. the buds. Okay, I I should. <clears throat> I obviously haven't haven't uh, pivoted properly to pot guy yet because I I don't know this stuff. Um, <laughs> like you know, I'm thinking like in you know, just give me a little time and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna. Pretty soon, the whole podcast is going to be saying like, "Man, you know, you got to legalize it, you know, you know, because you could make rope out of it, man. Uh, solve all our rope problems." I want to, I want to use hemp to help the world. I want to make houses for the homeless out of hemp, and I want to make dams to create power out of hemp. And I want to smoke just a little of the hemp, just a little bit. <laughs> Un poquito, you know. Uh, <clears throat> But anyway, so there's a lot of um. So this 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 special. So Snoopy is miserable, as you might have guessed. Right. Um. This guy who um, uh, is whipping him all the time and uh, has that kind of muted trumpet voice. Yeah, really deep muted trumpet, not the usual Miss Othmar voice. Yeah, it's it's um. So it's a kind of a minor key thing going on. It's um, and he's always throwing him like fish guts and raw meat, and the other dogs won't let Snoopy eat. Um, this, the other dogs won't let Snoopy drink either. Cause Snoopy tries at one yeah. point to get a drink from like a watering hole. And he does this very elaborate origami thing on a piece of paper to make a little Dixie cup. Yeah, man, I hadn't, I hadn't made those, that, uh, water cup in years, but I forgot it was a big thing in the eighties that if you didn't, well, probably a big thing just in school years that if you want to drink, but you don't want don't want to touch where other people's mouths have been, you make one of these little paper cups and fill it at the drinking fountain. Yeah. I used and, to see them all the time. And afterwards, you can turn into a cootie catcher and tell the future. <laughs> and you'll be it's... like, oh, Ethan, you're going to have a million children. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and <laughs> all at once. Better yet. But... <laughs> And you're going to live in a blue house. <laughs> they always, I remember that was the big thing. It was like, they would tell you the color of your house, and the number of your children. Um, but anyway, so uh, God, um, what else? What, um, there's a lot well, of they sh- pass by this weird cairn. What is this? Oh, I don't remember that. What happened? What is this? Uh, it's just a very brief shot, but I'm looking at it now and they pass by what is either a, very strange looking cairn of rocks or possibly the chimney and fireplace from a burned down house where nothing else is left. Oh, and it's, it's this weird little bit of, uh, environmental storytelling, but I'm not quite sure what story is being told. Hmm. Interesting. Um, it, 
I mean, they really do go out of their way to portray this as a um, a desolate environment. So that's a neat little. Um... Yeah, there is, and uh, there, and that's why it's such a relief for Snoopy when they get back to what passes for civilization, which is this little boom town with those uh, raised uh, floorboards to walk on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and he's outside of this saloon, which says root beer five cents. Yeah, root beer. Root beer, yes. The kind of root beer you go over and quaff at Bill Maudlin's house. Yeah. But <laughs> um Yeah, so this is, he uh, is Oh sorry. Go on. I was just gonna say, like, uh, because I remember reading the the comic book version of this when I was a kid. Oh, you did? Yeah. Wow. And um this was not in it, because I guess they were like, We really need to pad this out because, you know, it's a pretty direct story, so Yeah, it is. But, and the thing about it, I don't know about, I don't know if you recognize the story, but it is in fact based on a famous story, which I didn't realize. What is it? Call of the Wild? Yes, it is. In fact, they specifically cite Call of the Wild as being the inspiration. I mean, that, I mean, yeah, that does make sense. It is kind of, uh, actually, you know what? It is. It is. Now that I think about it, they, they do change a little bit. I mean, they simplify it, of course, and uh, they kind of cut before the final third of the book. But it is Call of the Wild, um, because Call of the Wild is about a it's about a Saint Bernard who is a cuddled house pet who is kidnapped and sold to uh, as, to be a musher in the uh, Klondike Gold Rush, and the whole book is about him being basically. Um, you know, learning how to be a uh, le learning how to survive in the uh, dog eat dog world of Arctic sled dogging, and um, uh, you know, I'll bet dog eat dog is a lot less uh, a lot less metaphorical in uh, the world of sled dogging. No, it's it's um it's it's actually it's what they do pretty much. Yeah. Um, but so Snoopy when he's actually at uh this little but this little they add this little town in that he goes to. And I guess there's a whole thing where he goes in and he he sees a sandwich on the piano. And yeah, he yeah, he sees a sandwich. So he sneaks in and fakes being a player piano player, which is really easy because, you know, it's a player piano. You just have to mime that you're playing and I guess pound on the uh, pedals to keep it going. But yeah. everyone likes him. He gets served a root beer and uh, people start throwing money at him. So he's like, hey, this is it. This is my chance to get back to what I know what I know. So he takes his money and he goes to the gambling table. Yeah. Um, OK, so this is interesting, though, with the gambling table, because first of all, it's like uh, he's obviously playing with other people. So this they're like, oh, OK, a dog is playing poker now. OK, which. Oh, just like in the paintings. Yeah. Like normally I wouldn't like think that was you know i wouldn't think anything of that because it's snoopy right so it's like but yeah. it's like in this dream he is being treated as a sled dog and all the other sled dogs are just ordinary dogs so it's kind of like oh okay yeah. that's a little interesting well, it's part of his dream is that you know he snoopy is very much accustomed to being treated as a human but in this story he is for faced with you know He's faced with having to be a dog no matter what. And it doesn't work out for him because it turns out that everyone's cheating. Yeah. And he immediately gets blamed because he's a dog. So I noticed that because it's like I was confused because he he has, uh, I think it's um, 
He has two pairs, right? He has yeah. The first uh, two pairs, like a king, two kings and two nines, I think, and an ace. And bizarrely, he turns in the two pairs and just keeps the ace, which is is not what I would do if I were playing poker. And when he does that, the four cards he receives are all aces, which yeah. How, which what's what suits are they? He's got oh he's got two aces of spades. Okay. Ominous. Well, that indicates that someone else, yeah, someone else at the table is cheating, but on Snoopy's behalf, which is not the way you're supposed to do it. Yeah. They're not using his deck. Yeah, it's it's very it's a little odd because it's like, and I don't think Snoopy realizes it because he seems very excited that he's got five aces, which he does put down, you know. Um, though it causes a big I, uh, brouhaha. Yeah, a scuffle, and uh, but fists and bullets start flying, and he uh, sneaks into a room where he thinks he's safe, and then it turns out he's on stage, so. <laughs> Yeah. Now this is this opportunity to be like, hey, this is the one thing I can do. I'm an entertainer. So he starts tap dancing for the crowd because the spotlight comes on him and people are not impressed. And suddenly he's pelted with rotten fruit and vegetables and gets thrown right back out to the sled dogs. Yeah. So and then it's once back. again, he has been rejected by the human world. Yeah. And then he's back, back to mushing, back to just pulling a sled across the uh across the arctic tundra and um and more more of the same he's like uh he's not getting you know the, the food the dogs are stealing it from him he can't drink he's running all the time it's just uh it, he's it's not he's good he's just weeping he yeah. is openly weeping as the others take take food from him and then finally he sort of draws upon his inner reserves gets gives the other dogs a look and is like, no, it can't end like this. And you see Snoopy experience a kind of ego death. Yeah. It's almost like his vision is clouding over and he's thinking, oh, I am going to die. But then he thinks, no, no, <laughs> I must resist. Snoopy learns that at times you must change or die. And yes. he makes his decision. And you see his hands transform into paws as he falls down on all fours with a very, fi very final sounding boom. Yes. Um, and it's interesting because in in the special, I mean, if you watch the special, it, it's present the way it's it's drawn is you very obviously, oh, he's he's going feral, right? He's Snoopy, but now he's he's be, go, be reverting back to his wild dog ancestors, you know, Um but so, yeah, he kind of like you can see he kind of turns, he falls down. His his paws are now on the ground. This is the only time I think we ever see Snoopy on all fours ever. In at least. Yeah. At least in the specials. Yeah. I can't recall anyone where any other special where he does that, um, though. Early Snoopy in the strips, I think, does it sometimes. Um, yeah. Now, the thing is, in the um, in the comic book version, it's interesting because I guess they couldn't draw it the same way. Like they could not presented as this smooth transition the way you can in an animated medium where Snoopy just like falls on all fours and, and starts like behaving like a dog. So in the comic strip, they basically did this um, thing where in one panel, one of Snoopy's hands is a paw with like a bunch of stars and squiggles popping around it. And then another paw and then another, and then he gets all furry. It literally looks like he's doing a, uh, 
a transfer a werewolf transformation in the comic. I was so. thinking it looked like he was in a wizard's duel. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. I mean, I remember because, like, as a kid, I found it kind of disturbing because I was like, oh, this, this transformation scene makes me feel weird. I don't know what's up with this. It's very strange. <laughs> um, but watching it in the the special, first of all, because it, it literally just looks like, oh, Snoop, it's the same Snoopy. He's just, you know, getting tough now. Um, and also, I'm an adult, so it doesn't – that sort of thing doesn't squick me anymore. So, um, nah. But um, it, it just – it hits very different in the special than in the comic. Yeah, this is it very much feels like, you know, throwing off, you know, you know, being told it's like the it's like when you decide to stop accepting your slave name, so to speak. Yeah, except this is except. No, it's the opposite. It's taking on his slave name to survive. Oh, that's true. Jeez, that got dark. It's like, yeah, yeah. This is the moment when Snoopy became, you know, Chicken George. So, <laughs> Wait, what is that from? Uh, Roots. Oh, is it? Oh, wait. No, no, no. Chicken George was someone else. I was thinking of Kunta Kinte when he they were telling Toby. him, no, your name is, his name is Toby. Yes. Because so I thought for Snoopy some reason, Toby. I, I may be wrong on this, but I vaguely remember someone telling me that there was an, a, like a manga where there's like an evil chicken that kills people and it was just named Chicken George. <laughs> but well, that would be. That sounds like something out of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I, I may be misremembering that because it has been a very long time. But anyway, um, yeah, so Snoopy is now a he's a bona fide sled dog and he pushes around the other dogs. He eats first. He drinks first. He doesn't take no guff from nobody. So and the and the lead dog eventually gets sick of him and they get into a knockdown scrap fight. And uh, there is. You can tell they were they looked at real footage of dogs fighting for this because apart from occasional, you know, f occasional funny drawings, it just looks like, oh, my God, they're going to kill each other. Yeah, yeah, they definitely. You know. And Snoopy grabs the other dog by his ear and does a body slam on him and becomes lead sled dog. Which is good because, as we all know, if you ain't the lead dog, the scenery never changes. Yeah, <laughs> you have lead follower. Get out of the way. As I learned from a shirt. <laughs> well, I learned it from uh, I learned it from Idiocracy, where the guy said, uh, "You know, they tell me lead follower get out of the way, and every time I've gotten out of the way, and it hasn't done me any good." And they're like, "That's supposed to shame you into leading." <laughs> oh, is it? Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for explaining it to me. <laughs> now I know. Um, yes. So, anyway, uh, so yeah. Uh, so Snoopy is now lead dog, and things. Yeah, Snoopy are is now finally... lead dog, and yeah, he's even communicating with the wolves. Oh, we forgot about that. Oh, that's right, because they there's a wolf howling, and Snoopy returns howl. It yes, indicates... which he wasn't allowed to do by the other by the other sled dogs before. He tried, you know, doing his little Snoopy, and they barked at him to shut up. Yeah, but this time, no, no, no one's going to tell Snoopy what to do because he is one with the wolves. He is he is communing with his uh, wild ancestors, and like like the wolves, he uh, you know, he's he's a he's a wild being. He isn't even sleeping on a snow replica of his house anymore. That's just, no. you know, now he, now he sleeps like a coyote nose to anus. But... Snoop, Snoopy is a liminal being now. 
<laughs> and just when it feels like Snoopy has finally gotten it all together, they go across ice flows that are too weak, and the whole sled goes down with the driver and the other huskies, and finally Snoopy, even as he's clinging to the ice. And that's where he wakes up. Yes. Um, and interestingly, that is also um, sort of in Call of the Wild, too. Oh, really? Yeah, because basically what happens is the, the, the main dog in Call of the Wild, Buck, um, he is... Um, he, he, he's a member of several different sled teams throughout the book. He keeps getting sold and passed around to different teams. I, I think he's, you know, at one point he's, um, he, he's, uh, part of a team with two swarthy French Canadians <laughs> who are very swarthy and, uh, you know, and deboner. Yeah. They're all home, but like, but they're, they're, they're tough, but like fair, you know? And, uh, towards the end of the book, he basically gets uh, bought by he and the other sled dogs get bought by this uh, trio of uh, big city dum dums. You know these three <laughs> these three uh, pampered you know uh, civilized doofuses who have come up to look for gold but have no idea what they're doing and are just like they're they're overly civilized. Yes, exactly. And these three <clears throat> uh, basically just like. They they overwork the dogs. They they don't know what they're doing. They they fail at everything. It's just this you know this the dog. So basically, it's towards the end where their dogs are like um, pulling the sled along, and some dude uh, I forget his name, uh, John Wildman or something, <laughs> sees them and he's all like uh, Tom Bombadil. He's all like. Don't, <laughs> You can't do that to those dogs. They're living creatures. And they're all like, fuck off, man. Who are you? Just some weird guy who lives out in the wild and communes with nature wearing a coonskin cap and stuff and played by Harrison Ford. And um, <laughs> and this guy is like, I won't let you treat these dogs this way. I'm taking Buck. I guess you can keep the other ones. I don't care about them. Um, <laughs> and immediately after the scene, they're like, okay, well, fuck you. We're going. And this guy is like, I want to go over that thin ice. And they're like, fuck you. And then they fall through and all, and all die. Uh, so, wow. and then Buck stays with this guy who's all like, I love you, Buck. And Buck is like, I have finally experienced true love from a human now. But then this guy gets killed by Indians and Buck says, I have, this breaks all my bonds to humanity. I will live as the wolf and also kill every Indian that I see. So Ooh. that's kind of how the book ends. Um, book, Buck is now truly wild and he is one with the pack. Anyway, so yeah. But but that that's my point is the the sled going through the ice is in the book. Just Snoopy, okay. who is analogous to Buck, uh, doesn't die in in the book. Or Buck, who's analogous to Snoopy, doesn't die. Um, but I guess they were like, you know what? We we just want to. We we it's a good place to end it. Is anywhere, you know. Um, yeah. It wouldn't really be a nightmare if it had a uh, if it had a happy ending. Yeah. Plus, it would be very weird if like that it had the same ending as. Um, because it'd be like, well, then we have to show an adult. And it's like this whole sequence with a guy, two guys with muted trumpets arguing. It'd be kind of strange, you know? <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, Snoopy is awake now and he goes and kicks the door. That is the, like the, the few one of the few dog things he does is that rather than just knock with his knuckles, he always kicks at the door to get Charlie Brown's attention. Yeah, that's true. And 
Yeah, and he Charlie Brown comes out and Snoopy excitedly does ex- tells him the whole story in that Courage the Cowardly Dog way where he uh, acts out scene by scene. Yes. And Charlie Brown's like, well, I guess you can come in. <laughs> it's like, what a nightmare. Yeah. Me. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. And Snoopy, happy to be a house dog again, which, I mean, he was never not happy to be a house dog, makes himself an enormous sundae with lots of chocolate syrup. I was like, ooh, not a good idea. Well, you know, uh, he's learned nothing. Yes, he has learned nothing. And neither has Charlie Brown, who just let his dog snuggle into bed with him after eating a giant chocolate sundae, and he's going to have to clean up all the dog diarrhea. Oh, boy, yeah. Um, once again, once again, not a very responsible pet owner. Uh, I mean, he doesn't, it's, it's weird. He understands, you know, he can interpret Snoopy, but he doesn't understand him. Yeah. Makes you think. <laughs> well, I mean, as, as a pet owner, I, I do my best to try and t- to, you know, try and tune into what mistletoe and bill are telling me at a given time and you know a lot of the time i was just like what 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 do you want what do you want you know i wish i understood them half as well as uh charlie brown does snoopy especially i don't know i wonder what it would be like if you gave snoopy one of those things that they've got now those big buttons for dogs to press that say walk now sad why (laughs) well i know uh in the morning my i my my cat is all like uh you know, she wants food and she comes in to communicate that very clearly by scratching my head. <laughs> and then she comes in after I feed her and she's like, get out of bed now, get out of bed now, get out of bed, get out of bed. I'm like, fine, I'm out of bed. She's like, all right, I'm going to sleep in this bed now. And it's like, fine. <laughs> fine, cat. I didn't even want to sleep. Yeah, maybe I didn't want to sleep. Oh, my wife doesn't like when I call the cat stupid. <laughs> well... But anyway, now there is there's one thing that this special really reminds me of more so than your particular situation. Mm -hmm. Did you ever have you ever read the comic uh, Hectic Planet? I've never even heard of it, actually. Oh, it's uh, it's also known as Pirate Corps. It's actually by uh, Evan Dorkin. It's a uh, it's this thing about how it's it takes place in the future. And it's about these characters who are all like like smugglers who just uh, get counterfeit genes across the border from planet to planet. And they have this, uh, yeah. And they're all aliens except for this one human who is basically like a stand in for Evan Dorkin himself. And yeah, it's, it's really good. I do recommend it because it's, it's very emotionally true. It's about how, you know, even in the future, people are still shitty to each other. Oh, well that's very Evan Dorkin. Yes, it is. And so I dug I dug it up because there is this one scene where Halby, the human, has passed out after a dead drunk. And we have this one scene, which is, you know, I need you to imagine like, you know, sad blues guitar and harmonica in the background and mm-hmm. the sounds of people working as I read. Halby dreams in a haze of stale, cheap beer. He dreams dreams of the shoeshine man and his brother's last words, and the recurring nightmare, worse than the one where his ex-girlfriends bury him alive. The awful nightmare. Work. 
1864, Nebraska. Halaby finds himself hacking train ties by hand for the embryonic Union Pacific line. It is more than plain work. It is sweat and wood and flies. It is hard labor. Typically, Halaby can't hack the job. He wastes precious wood and time. He whines. The others, immigrants and ruffians, turn on him. It's like, yikes! Oh. But also, <laughs> kind of what Snoopy went through, too. <laughs> Rel- yeah, relatable. And it, it really says a lot about, you know, what Snoopy thinks of himself. Because in this, in this story, and the story, Snoopy is, you know, he's perfectly happy with the life he lives, and maybe the dream is him, you know, telling himself, yes, Charlie Brown is right. You can't exist anywhere outside of this world, and if you did, you'd cease to be yourself. That's true. I mean, what is what is a self other than um, a series of reactions to our situations? We like to think that we are an immutable thing, but that is not so. You know, we are uh, we we are just uh, we we are mercurial and change from moment to moment. You know, they tell you that you're uh, they tell you that every seven years you're a completely different person because you don't have any cells left over from the previous seven seven years. But you know, and some people totally misinterpret that as like every seven years you just lose them all at once and you're a totally enough different person. <laughs> well that sounds right that's how it works right (laughs) like every seven years you just sort of come out of a chrysalis but (laughs) no i mean but uh, do you even think the same thoughts you did seven years ago where were you you know where were you in 20 in 2014 did you have any of the same thoughts as you do now yeah no i don't think so Man, yeah. I was I was pretty Things stupid seven years so ago. Much. I wasn't like I was a I was a real dumb dumb. Not a smart guy like I am now. I'm not a smart guy who makes good decisions like I am now. <laughs> well, we are all different people, but you know, I I always you know I always look forward to being with you at the time, and I'm glad that hasn't changed. So yes, same same. Um, I guess anything else we should say about. Uh, about Snoopy's bad dream, bad dream and Snoopy, uh, Snoopy's bad night- trip, Snoopy's nightmare. Well, <sighs> well, don't be like Snoopy. Don't go back to brunch. Nice, nice. I think we can cut just right there, actually. Yeah, right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna stop.